0: Hi, I'm Louise Nickel, the Editor-in-Chief of Harper's Bazaar Arabia. Welcome to this week's episode of Currently Trending, the weekly podcast brought to you by Harper's Bazaar. This week, we bring you all the action from Harper's Bazaar's Be Beautiful seminar. By bringing together an elite selection of the world's most in-demand beauty experts, Bazaar aims to educate and inspire our audience on the best ways to be beautiful both inside and out. These are the people that royalty, CEOs, film stars, and supermodels trust with their looks. And this is what they have to say. This week, cosmetic dermatologist Dr. Varley, aesthetic dentist Dr. Appa, and permanent makeup artist Dominique Basavi discuss before and after images on Instagram of cosmetic procedures educational, inspirational, or simply misleading, and why it's important to understand how any tweak you have done today will look in a year, five years, 10 years down the line. All our beauty experts ready to uh, take our questions So I'll start off, and then we're happy to open the floor to questions, those kind of before and after pictures on Instagram. How educational do you find it? Is it something that people look at on Instagram?
1: Instagram is here to stay. And what I will say is that we are trendsetters on Instagram, okay? I was one of the first people to create that before and after for teeth, and now everyone uses it. And that's fine, because you know what it does do? is it allows you to see good work. And it allows you to truly differentiate between good and bad work. And- you know my hope uh, by posting that continually, I never post anything you know the, the, the worst part about Instagram is you have to explain to your family that this is truly not my life right that this is this is my, my I do other things right, right? I'm sorry honey I'm not putting pictures of you on my Instagram account. I'm, this is, this is work focused but the point is is that it allows, especially in cosmetic dentistry, to show the level of detail that is so looked over in so many cases, and allows the consumer, you, to be smarter about the questions that you're asking, even if you're not coming to me, or us, for instance. And so so for that, I think it's great.
2: No, I think in your industry, it's educational. Yeah. Yeah. I have very good cosmetic dentist friends. I went to medical and dental school with me. And they do the same thing before and after the tea. I think in my industry, in terms of aesthetics, and like in the anatomical areas of the face and the body, the before and after can be a little bit misleading. And what I get is that consumer coming in going, well, they put a filler in, and then they did a laser treatment on top to get rid of the dark circle, and then immediately it went. And I said, that's not how it works. I promise you that. And it's a lot of re-education.
1: Well, the good part about that is, what I do is I, the, a lot of the questions, people go through the same thing in dentistry, right? <laughs> there is, Dentistry like you said earlier, which I think is great is it is surgery. I mean you're cutting into live Living tissue right and there is a healing process and people think with teeth Which is interesting is that you can snap your fingers and if you don't like something that you should change it right away you know they (laughs) get up from four hours of anesthesia and drilling and they put the mirror right here and they say, oh, wait a second, don't go out of the room, I don't like this. It's like you have to heal. So what I'll do with Instagram is I will put a just inserted and then three weeks later, I'll put what it looks like after healed. And it starts to give people perspective on this is not just a bing, bang, boom, quick, uh, you know, quick yeah. fix. I
2: think Dr. Ather, you're socially and ethically responsible for your patient and your consumer, and yeah. that's great, that's why you're here. Yeah. But there are some, and we have to admit, there are some practitioners out there sure. who are not, and that's where patient autonomy and patient respect and patient education comes first. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when we do put those before, and we are gonna put before and afters, and you know, people have asked us, they looked at our Instagram, they're like, what are you, a magazine? <laughs> What you actually do. Um, and we do a lot of education, and we will at some stage put before and after, but it will be more so this is what happens immediately, this is what happens a week right. later, three weeks later, eight weeks later, and a year later, so that you understand mm-hmm. the evolution of the product or the treatment.
3: It's also um, very misleading yeah. because you would see that people post the work just after, and they don't never show. The heal results. Yeah. And in my industry, I can guarantee you that in probably 85 90% of the time, if you went to a decent um, technician, it would look decent or sometimes even great. But when it heals, the evolution of that pigment inside your skin, how deep they implanted it, how, uh, how well they match you with the right pigment for your skin tone. And it's a total different picture, and it looks in most of the time terrible within 10 to 2 weeks. Right. So,
1: no, but that's what I'm saying is that Instagram is here to stay. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's up to us to educate to educate yes. and it's a yeah. great platform to do so yeah. i guess yes. is what yeah. i'm saying
3: and the uh, other thing is uh, you know i mean the the great thing with instagram is that it's a great um, communication tool to let people know what their options are because sure. there are many today you know from dentistry to filler to cosmetic uh, surgery it's, and it's, it's great too
0: right so do we have any questions from the floor general question to all of you i don't know one of you mentioned that you need to have a perfect balance. You need to find the perfect team or the perfect coordination between uh, cosmetic dentistry, skincare, tattoos, uh, and all the other beauty things. How do you go about finding? Like I say, I'm a totally ignorant layman. I know nothing, and I want to do all these things. How do you find uh, a, a balance? Who do you go to to find the right thing? Should we start with Dr. Appa, and we'll work our way down? How do you pick your practitioner? you're here.
1: <laughs> we, we picked them for you. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, quite honestly, whatever you're thinking of first, skin, teeth, hair, if you're going to somebody good, they should be working with great people in that region and they will tell you, you know what, you're here for your fill in the blank, but this is what you should actually be doing first, here's the referral. Uh, and, and when you're done, if you still want to revisit, we can, essentially. That's how it works.
0: What questions should we ask? So if someone's not able to see you, but they, they're choosing another cosmetic.
1: Well, what was the show uh, that was very famous with the two plastic surgeons? Not now. Nip-tuck. 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 Yeah. okay. Yeah. They would say, you know, what don't you like about yourself? You know, in the beginning of every consultation. And that's essentially what we ask, um, because we really are trying to pinpoint it's not ju- i don't just do teeth. I'm looking at the the person, and when they're telling me like, "Oh, I don't like," you know, "I don't see my teeth anymore," or uh, you know, uh, I, "I've lost my smile," I hear a lot. Um, it may not just be the teeth. Fortunately for me, I am a firm believer that you know teeth are foundational. Meaning, and I'm not just saying this because I'm up on this panel, but for me, teeth are foundational. It's almost like the hard structure of your face. And a lot of times, especially as you're aging, there's collapse. And so what you're doing with the teeth is actually building the lower third of the face up prior to mini facelifts, facelifts, injectables, because I'm going to stretch this skin out back to where it was before you had that collapse. So a lot of times I will start with teeth. but. Sometimes people don't need their teeth done. Sometimes, a lot of times, we're doing lip revisions where we have to go and try and get things out of lips because they've been injected with silicone or other things uh, from back in the day that have just covered their smile. So,
0: D- Dominique, what would you, how would someone, if they're not able to see you or you're not in the country, how can we tell if someone here offering permanent makeup services is is gonna do a good job? Okay, so
3: the first, <clears throat> I would say, pra- someone who has a lot of practice. You cannot expect somebody to do a good job if they've just been doing it for one month. And in my industry, what I'm seeing lately is that people who are doing makeup or waxing or tweezing eyebrow get into microblading, thinking, oh, that's perfect, and I'm so good at eyebrow. Well, there's so many um, factors that go into um, achieving a great microblading, like the depth of what you're gonna implant the pigment and the, the choice of the pigment, the, the color chemistry of the pigment with the skin. And so, all those factors, you know, they can actually turn into a disaster. It's like if I say, you know, I'm gonna give you a car, do you want the tire or, or do you want the wheel? and you know you you need a great car you need the structure you need the the wheel and you need the tire so someone who's been doing this for just a month and you know they can create great shape because makeup artists are very good at designing an eyebrow and I, the shape is most likely going to be very good but What's really important when you do something permanent is how does is it gonna ev- the evolution of your result, and I think that going to someone who has a long record of doing this work will put your chance in the best side, and also looking at their work, like you know, um, have you seen their work? Only in pictures, or have you seen it on their, on your friend, on some clients? That's also a very good indication. But I would also emphasize <clears throat> on the fact that do you relate with their sense of beauty? Because at the end of the day, there's not bad artists, there's just different style. Okay, so if you like Picasso, don't go to some to Rembrandt. You're not gonna like that, <clears throat> and vice versa. So choose wisely and choose someone <clears throat> who relates with your beauty with your sense of beauty are they conservative when you look at them or are they do they look like super glamorous and heavy and uh, do you like the way they look so those are all factors that needs to come into the equation of who you're going to go with you know my style is less is more. All my clients will say, "I come to you because your work looks super natural, and that's exactly what I want. I don't want to look made up. I'm a mom. I'm driving my kids all day. That's why I came to you." But then there are clients who come to me, and it's like a, a, a like we a fight. No, I want more. No, I want higher. No, I want longer. And I'm like, no, it's too much. No, no. And then you know, so. Don't settle for less, and I think that extremely important is you have your choice, you have your voice. V- vice versa, if somebody is offering you something that is too dramatic for you, say it. You know, same thing with um, any type of cosmetic. There's no wrong or right. You know, I mean. the the diversity of the choice and the diversity of the style. So if somebody likes a really heavy makeup 24 seven, then find that artist. Sure. And then, but if you like a very settled, clean look, don't go there. And I also want to emphasize, you know, ethnicity. Okay. So if you're blonde, blue eyes, from Germany, don't go to somebody who's providing this service to somebody all day long to somebody who to a clientele who's more, um, you know, like. Persian lady. I had a lady last week. She went to this artist. She's great for Persian people because she knows the, the look. She does those big eyebrows. But it doesn't work for you because you're different. You, you, under, you have a different sense of beauty. So I think that do your research. Don't go f- too fast. Take time to evaluate who you're going to go with. And uh, same thing with dentists and feelers. And, and, and uh, Dr. Vali, what should we ask? Uh, cosmetic dermatologist,
2: or? Um, so when you're going to your doctor, um, I firstly do your research, do your background research, look at their work f- and figure out if you know someone who they've treated, word of mouth is quite a strong thing. Look on Instagram, see if you know someone on Instagram that you're in connection with, ask them some questions, then look at their qualifications. But I say before even looking at their qualifications, and this is coming from experience, you judge me. When I walk into the room, you're judging me immediately. You're judging me on the way I appear. You're judging me on my skin you're judging me on the way i hold myself i carry myself and i control the consultation so you need to feel comfortable you need to feel be able to ask all the questions you want to ask okay um get a patient approval ask like one of my one of my patients you know can i can i speak to one of your patients Uh, dr apple will let you speak to one of his patients and vice versa and the last thing and i always say this i always say this with a lot of enthusiasm is aftercare 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 What is the aftercare process? Because fine, I can give you a big bang show, get you out of there, but what is your aftercare with that practitioner, with that brand, with my doctors, with my team? What is your aftercare globally? What happens to you? Because that's what matters. Because what you'll notice is that you need to be contactable to that team all the time, and that's what you've got, and that's what I've got, and you've probably got the same thing, Dominique, Mm -hmm. is that you need to be involved in that whole aftercare. You need to be in contact with that team great. I think we've
0: got time for one more question. You've all been talking about what we should ask you when we come and see you. Uh, A question I would like to know is, for the people in this audience, if they feel that they want to come and now see all three of you, what questions should they ask themselves uh, before coming in for a consultation? Start with Dr. Appa. It's a deep and philosophical one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I have this huge clock in front of me
0: that's (laughs) clicking down. Ignore the clock. Uh, We've got two minutes. No, I
1: mean, look, We have a practice where um, people just come to us for this procedure of rehabilitating their smile. I don't even want to say veneers because veneers is not a thing. So rehabilitating their smile. Uh, I've never had to say to someone, um, you really need to do your teeth. I've never said that in my life. So when people come to me, I always ask, why are you here and how can I help you? And so the point is, some people will say to me, Well, should I get veneers? And the answer is no. Right? Should you get veneers, the question they should ask themselves is, is this is something that bothers them that they would feel more confident or comfortable with? Or are they having a problem in their mouth that I can fix? But it's a question that they have to answer themselves that I can't answer for them. And I'm a big believer in that and not not pushing the service on people.
0: Dominique? For
3: me, I um, sometimes feel that client needs to come definitely knowing what they're wanting to achieve. And sometimes we're also here to help them out, finding that sometimes that's not what they want. Sometimes I think client comes thinking, oh, you know, if my eyebrows are sticker and bigger, and I said, No, what you need is actually, you know, you need more of a little liner. And then, so sometimes uh, listening to uh, wording what is your problem, but not necessarily be open to what the What the process can be, Mm -hmm. so you you probably see see that sometime like uh, or you like somebody will say, oh, I need my teeth whiter, and then you realize no, like this part here is too long, and when I make your teeth whiter, it's not gonna show them more, right? right? So it's like to understand what the client, you know, where exactly what you want to achieve and why, and then be open to the process that might not be what you think. Yeah. Sure.
0: And I think Dr. Varley has a really interesting answer on this. <laughs> the, the old a, a woman of 36 comes <laughs> to see you asking for
2: oh yeah uh, total face. I'm, so I get the, my three questions about a patient is who referred you, the next question is what age are you, because if you're in your 20s, you're doing something, you're trying to find your career, you're doing something with your life. In your 30s, you might want to get married, have children, and in your 40s, why are you there? You might want to be a CEO, you want to get promoted, or you want to have another child. You don't know, so I need to know the psychology of the patient. Dr. App and Dominique, they said the same thing. You have a great team of people around you. And the whole thing, why, have you, why are you guys coming to us? Is to make you more confident, make you feel better in your skin, is to make you confident in your smile as well, and in your appearance, give you makeup-free skin with you know, less time getting ready. Simple as, simply put, men are male or female. And the analogy is, is that The other introspect that you haven't worked on is inside. What is going on inside you? So I will do the consultation, the five-point protocol consultation, and the last questions will be medical wellness. How are you feeling? Can you concentrate? Are you irritable? Does your husband find you irritable at times? Does your mood swing, like, up and down? Are you Mm -hmm. rational at times? What is your gut like? Does it function? What are your periods like? Are you trying to get pregnant? What's your libido like? So we do the whole wellness screening as well, because at the end of the day, all of us can make you look hot on the outside. But if on the inside there's something else going on, we fix that first, and then we move to the outside.
0: Thank you for listening to Currently Trending from Harper's Bazaar Arabia. Please comment on our Instagram or Facebook pages at Harper's Bazaar Arabia. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.